In episode 31 of the WP Candy podcast, Brian Richards makes his podcast debut and joins me to discuss the WordPress news of the past week. Then I sit down with theme wrangler Lance Willett to discuss the last year of commercial themes on WordPress.com. I'm your host, Ryan Immel, editor-in-chief of WP Candy, and this is the WP Candy Podcast. So I'm here with uh, Brian Richards, not to be confused with Brian Krogsgaard, who uh, I wouldn't say is normally on the podcast, but I don't think you've ever been on the podcast, have you, Brian? No, I don't think I have. Uh, I've, I've interviewed you probably a year, year and a half ago, but never... Never on the podcast proper, so welcome. Thank you. I've, I've finally arrived. Yeah, no, you have you have achieved all that you could really. After this, I mean, you know, it's once the celebration hell, so. ends, then yeah. I guess you just get depressed. But what? Uh, so, what have you been up to lately? I think I saw. When was the last time I saw you? Was it uh, WordCamp Philly? Yeah, that was the last time we would have been together in person, anyway. Uh huh. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I basically have done absolutely nothing since then. That was what November. Uh huh. Yeah. So. Just- yeah, last Blank three months slate. I've just been sitting around with my hands in my pockets, wait, waiting to be on the podcast. You know, yep. oddly enough, I, I knew one day you would call. <laughs> I'm glad I did. Very nice, very nice. So, we want to sort of dive into some some WordPress news in this particular segment. So, uh, I think probably probably most relevant to the most number of people is what's happening with WordPress development right now. Three point four is is underway. Um, shame to say I haven't done a whole lot of coverage yet on on the blog about it, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about it. <laughs> One of the really the biggest change in this cycle, uh, this is so this will be there were three re- release uh, releases last year I think three three one two and three came out in 2011, uh, which is a you know, it's a good number of releases for a single year and and even so the the core team I think wants to make the process even smoother than it has been in the past and the biggest change with 3.4 is that they're kind of divvying up into teams, uh, which I'm not totally familiar with what every single team is doing because there's actually a lot happening. Um, and the WordPress development blog has been a lot more active than it's been in the past. I just noticed in terms that. Of updates. I was just tooling around on it um, a couple hours ago, in fact. And I have to say I'm a fan of the team names. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of... There's you a lot those? Of, yeah, the multi-site mavens is one. Yep. Uh, there's Team Gandalf. That's my favorite, Team yeah. Gandalf. Uh, the, the, I, I believe it would be pronounced Tableteers. Yep. Or, or it could just come through Table Tears, but I'm pretty sure it's Tableteers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so they're they're having a lot of fun with it, which is cool. Except for uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in Nason, which his team is apparently just, you know, what is how, how would you – it's inter- internationalization, but, you know, it's I-1 or I-18N. Yep. So that they, they, he really didn't try very hard on that one, but browsing buddies, there are a lot of good names. Um, but uh, there isn't like the the big the biggest kind of user focused theme or your user centric feature in three point four seems to be what Team Gandalf is working on. I think. I mean, there are lots of little things here or there, lots of things that the projects are focused on, but the the biggest new thing that they're working on is is kind of. I mean, it's it's sort of a nebulous idea or or kind of a broad broad idea, which is just making it easier to change or to make your site look the way you want it to. I think is kind of the gist of that one. 
which a lot of that I think has to do with kind of revamping how the appearance section of, of the dashboard operates yep. and how easy it is to preview and change things uh, fluidly. Um, and then, I mean, because, I mean, all the teams are doing cool stuff, but that's the one that I saw and was like, okay, that's going to be a big a big feature set when that is out, a big new feature set. Um, yeah, I was poking around too, and like all of the things that they're working on, of course, sound interesting, but there aren't any huge groundbreaking um, features that are, that are really calling out to me like mm-hmm. there have been in the last several releases. Mm-hmm. Which is which is also a good thing, right? I mean, yeah, there there definitely don't need to be uh, huge highlight changes every every no, single time. I, Just I, I agree. Steadily moving forward is always good. Yep. There's also uh, I haven't played with it. I haven't downloaded it and, and and toyed with it yet, specifically because it's still really early in the process. But 2012 is underway as well. The new yeah. or this year's default theme a lot earlier. I think that's. I remember 2011 coming like halfway through the year last year. I could be wrong on that, um, but this one's definitely a lot earlier. And uh, yeah, they've added a, a third person to their uh, theme dream team for creating it. Yeah, it started out Matt Mullenweg, who usually leads up the, uh, the kind of the theme, the default theme team, and Lance Willett and Drew. Stra- is it? Is it? Maybe you know how to pronounce his last nope. name. Is it Stra- <laughs> um, <laughs> I usually. Uh, this actually came up. I interviewed Lance earlier this week, and uh, I referred to Drew slyly as Drew from Theme Foundry um, yep. to avoid the last name. But I believe it's Strajny, but that could be totally wrong. So sorry. Yeah, I'm going to side with you. <laughs> yeah, Drew, we apologize. We're... Yeah, it's it's terrible. But in any case, Drew Drew is from Theme Foundry, and he is working with them uh, as the theme designer for 3.4's 2012 theme. And like I said, I've just kind of glanced at it. I mean, the it's definitely different than the last couple themes in the sense that I don't think it's going to have, I don't think it's going to default to having like a header image and it looks a little bit more minimal, even more so than the last themes have been. But really until everything's done, uh, right. themes I'd can change say. a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of bringing him on board. I've uh, been a secret super fan of all of the Theme Foundry stuff ever since they launched a couple of years ago. And, I don't know what it is about uh, their work, but I just it, it brings me peace looking at it. I guess it's minimal and clean and mm-hmm. to the point. The the whole team just kind of gets designed. Yeah. Uh, plus, uh, I, I have to relish the fact that Drew was a former NFL football player and now a WordPress theme developer. Yeah. Uh, I'd say we could count bit... that as a win for nerds everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just a WordPress win. There's, yep. no, there's no other way to, to see that. He kind of has us all beat no matter what. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, oh, really? No, that's really interesting, that thing that you're working on. I used to be in the NFL, so <laughs> that pretty much trumps whatever you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, I think the – let me just click over to the project schedule, the ever kind of fluid projects uh, or 3.4 project schedule, and it looks like really end of this month uh, should be a feature – code freeze after which you know the the, the QA uh, quality quality assurance um, and uh, and beta testing begins so if all goes well and that you know is almost always not the case but if all goes well and according to plan then by um, looks like mid April should see 3.4's release that's pretty cool yeah I've Fun got a, a ticket 
currently in in track that I've been trying to push since uh, 3.1, I think, and I just uh-huh. keep dropping the ball. Like right when they did, approach, did, it, did we? I think we might. Do we talk about this at Philly? Yeah, we did. Oh, I actually worked on it while we were in Philly. Uh-huh. Like, oh man, 3.3 is just now around the corner. I'm going to push this out right now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm like, ah, I missed the code freeze. So, so, so what I'll is, wait what for is the next your, version. What is your ticket? What is it about? Uh, it allows um, theme developers to put custom page templates within a child folder, or a, a nested directory, I should oh, say. Oh, right, right, okay. So right, it used to be that way, um, and then with the emergence of child themes a couple years ago, they disabled it because um, there's just the way that it tracks the folder structure when you were working with the child theme, it would lose track of where of where the page template was. Um, and I mean, like you know, an archives page template or a list child pages custom page template that you would select from the page editor, and. Uh, so I looked at the ticket and I played around with it and it definitely went over my head. And then I hacked around and I got it to work um, with a lot of redundant code and then I cleaned it up and yeah, I just haven't pushed it. But I would love that because I've got you know five or six custom page templates in my theme and I would love to just put them all in a folder instead of just cluttering up the main main template file or folder. Sure. Hmm. I've 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 kind of eked by the last couple of releases, I think 3.2 and 3.3, getting small changes in here or there so that I could um, shamefully call myself a WordPress core developer. (laughs) Uh, You know, 18 characters, I mean, that's enough, right? But um, I haven't uh, haven't scoped anything out for 3.4 yet. Um, I need to to get in there fast because uh, stuff's going to be frozen here pretty soon. Yeah, in about two weeks. Yeah, so I've got to get it done. Let's see. Speaking of themes, which we did speak about a few minutes ago, uh, one of the the news items that, that caught my eye in the last week uh, came out of Envato from um, actually, I mean, all of their marketplaces, but uh, usually what's specific to uh, stuff we cover on WP Candy is at Theme Forest. And if you remember, probably I don't know, I want to say six to nine months ago, I could probably pull up the exact date, but um, sometime last year. Envato introduced their Envato Elite program that allowed authors on ThemeForest to, once they had sold a certain a certain dollar amount or, or had reached a certain sort of um, uh, echelon within the marketplace, could then receive certain perks. And one of those perks was a price adjustment tool. So, um, like different. Uh, different marketplaces or different theme marketplaces approach this issue a little bit differently, but the way Envato does it is basically they set your theme price for you. So you submit a theme, and they review it, and then they bring it on board, and they say, based on our marketplace, this is what your theme price is. But the theme or the price adjustment tool allowed authors to test out different prices to see how they performed. Um, you know, just adjusting to see. Yep. what different levels would bring in. And Envato in the last week has announced that they have removed that tool to prepare for a new pricing structure, but that new pricing structure is still a little ways out yet. So for the time being, um, authors can no longer, or at least those Envato elite authors can no longer adjust their prices. And yep. it upsets some people. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I've been following Orman Clark on the issue and. Uh, he's you know one of their high profile um, theme developers. Well, he was he was he he broke some records, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's 
um, one of the reasons that they created the Envato Elite um, sort of model, him and Crezzy and I think like six other people are the only, there's probably more now, but when they launched it, there were a very, very select few people who would even qualify to get into the elite levels. Um, and of course, the only perk that any of these authors really cared about was the ability to set their own prices. Um, and Envato added you know, dozens of other perks to make it sound more prestigious than it really is. And mm-hmm. Now they've taken away the one perk that the, their authors really cared about. Yeah, I, I mean, weird. To, to put it in perspective, to uh, previously, in order to have access to the price adjustment tool, an author had to sell $75,000 worth of stuff on, yeah. on the marketplace. And I, I don't think that that wasn't in a specific time frame. That was just in general yep. you know, on the marketplace. But no matter whether that's in a, a year or two years or five years, that's a crazy amount of themes to sell. And... Uh, you know that that tells you that anybody who's going to reach that level is pretty serious about what they're doing. You know that that is a pretty um, yep. their their participation on the marketplace is pretty integral. So uh, the the those who are upset about it, I think, uh, are justifiably upset. Um, not, maybe not just because of the the change, because we don't really know what the new pricing system that Envato is going to introduce is. But I think the one thing that they can be faulted for is. Uh, those affected didn't know about it before everybody else did. You know, yeah, when the news came out, uh, that was when, you know, I, th- I, th- I think there are a couple dozen at this point that, that have reached that level. I don't know the exact number, but the sense that I got was that there were a handful that were affected. And, um, you know, I mean, one of the things that happened is, is they, they took away the price adjustment tool. And as far as I know, uh, you know, when the announcement came out, what they said is that whatever the theme prices were, when this tool went away, that's just what they were now. Um, so, I mean, if somebody was doing some testing and trying out either a lower or a higher than, than ideal price, that's just kind of where it stuck. Um, so that, you know, you could, you could definitely see that throwing off somebody's, somebody's week. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about the price adjustment tool also is that the authors couldn't just pick whatever price they wanted. They still had to stick within uh, a certain threshold of what the reviewer said. So if the reviewer said it was, you know, a forty-five dollar theme, I think their threshold was like uh I think ten percent plus or minus of that. So they could only raise their theme uh four dollars and fifty cents. Mm. Does that sound right to you? Uh that could be. Yeah. It, I mean it might have been a, a slightly larger tolerance than that, but uh-huh. even so they couldn't just say, well I think this is a sixty dollar theme. Sure, they had to sure. they had to stick within the constraints of the current pricing model. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the it was funny. Um, not to reference the interview with Lance too much, but um, just in terms of marketplace pricing, uh, he is you know one of the team that works on the commercial theme marketplace. Or you can't even yep. really say it as a marketplace, but the commercial themes on WordPress.com. And um, you know, everybody has sort of a different philosophy. I think when it comes to pricing WordPress themes, you know, some shops will. Uh, price out themes individually and some some shops will say well here's you know a membership that gives you access to support and you know anything that we create you know themes or whatever else uh and the theme forest certainly has a standard price that you can expect i mean i don't do a whole lot of surfing around for themes there but i get the sense that basically 30 35 bucks is what you can expect to pay for most themes is that, yep. is, is that sound right yeah 
Uh, whereas yeah. talking to Lance about WordPress.com, uh, my initial reaction, you know, last year when they announced commercial themes on .com was that okay, they're probably going to cost less than they would elsewhere because you're not you're not purchasing something you download and keep. You're purchasing the use of it on their hosted hosted platform. Uh, but it sounds like the sort of the the philosophy that Automatic has, or that at least the theme wranglers and, and the, the theme community of WordPress.com is that themes should keep going up in price, and that if anything, you know, any theme that you would buy to use on WordPress.com should cost the same or even more than you would have in a .org environment. Um, so it's just, you know, sort of the different approaches to how themes should be priced. I mean, they have, on WordPress.com right now, they have a $100 theme that you can buy. I forget which one it is. Um, and, and they And they're their sort of goal is to have themes that cost maybe $200 or even $1,000. Uh, they th think that's totally, you know, in in sort of the realm of possibility. And that's just such a world of difference from kind of this race to the bottom that I think some people are, are doing. That's yeah, funny they said race to the bottom. That's uh, exactly what I think about when I consider the pricing structure that Envato has in place. Because obviously that's what they're trying to prevent. Because if they had no limiting uh, constraints, their authors would just undercut each other until they just all had 99 cent themes right kind of like the app store where now you've got this decision paralysis where oh my gosh this one costs two dollars uh maybe i'll i'll scrounge around the bargain barrel for a little bit more before i decide and, mm -hmm. um but at the same time um based on how strict the review process is and how strict their pricing tiers have been in the past had they completely removed um, a cap for these elite users, um, I'm guessing that uh, their fear was an elite user might have set the you know the theme price to 100, 150, 200 bucks, and users would assume that it's absolutely worth that much because mm -hmm. otherwise it would have never been approved to be that rate. Right, because there's that what's that the the perceived value. Yep. You know, if you increase that, if you increase the price, then just by by nature of it being twice what other things cost, people are going to uh, sort of subconsciously assume that it's twice as good. Or yep. that it's worth uh, that that's its true value. Yeah. So I hope that whatever they do in their new pricing model, that they um, find something that works um, best for their authors. Obviously, yeah. Because um, it's it's unfortunate. All I ever hear from the Envato marketplace, uh, specifically with Theme Forest, is either the themes you buy there are crap. Or the pricing model is crap. Yeah, it seems there seems to be the, the a lot of the. I mean, you know, there there is also the news that comes out where, hey, this guy, you know, this person, um, at one point it was Orman, and then uh, I think you said, uh, is it Creasy? Chrissy? Yep. I, I don't know the pronunciation, but um, you know, the person after person are breaking these sales records. I mean, I, I think, I think it's sort of the curse of becoming uber popular. You know that that right. force is is you know doubling in size. I think in 2011 is what they said. Um, at that point, I mean, you've got they've got their authors that they obviously want to take care of, but then they are also trying to think about how to you know manage uh, just a mammoth marketplace and how to properly price that. I don't right. I don't envy that decision because I no. don't. I mean, I, I'm torn between like you, you mentioned the the app store prices, 99 cent 99 cent apps as a as a consumer sometimes. When I think about themes and and if I'm trying out themes and and you know there's sort of a you kind of want a disposable nature to themes sometimes you want to be able to try something out and then maybe change it later and 
hopefully have not a whole lot of change or a lot of effort between that. Uh, but th- then there's a there's a part of me then that says, well, yeah, it'd be great if I could get a five dollar theme or a ten dollar theme. But at the same time, I think, yeah, but there are people making these things, and we've seen with the App Store that like, if if there is no bottom and if there is no strong understanding of the value of something, that it's going to go down to ninety nine cents, it's going to go down to a dollar or whatever the minimum is, and that kind of forces everybody to play that game. Yep. And and I don't want that to happen, you know. So. Um, but where that middle ground is, you know, between sky's the limit and, you know, a dollar a theme, uh, that's, I think that's still kind of being shook out. Yeah. And another thing to consider is that Envato is, you know, definitely well within their right to set the rules for their marketplace. Um, they're the ones that have built it and they're the ones that promote it. Um, and they're providing an audience, obviously, which is arguably why theme authors go there is because, well, there's already a huge audience here, so even though I might be making less than I would selling this myself, I'll make up for the price difference in volume because I'll sell way more. Sure. So, Well, and we've seen, uh, I think, the most recent example I can think of, and I'm sure there are others, I think, um, I see in the chat room, uh, Jarrett said that uh, Orman Clark may be potentially opening his own shop or may kind of be alluding to that on Twitter uh, we saw Mike McAllister, who was selling themes on there for a while, launch OK Themes recently. Um, I think there's, I, th- I think it's really interesting to see theme authors beginning to, or theme developers and designers, begin to see marketplaces like, like uh, Theme Forest and like others as sort of launch pads um, to launching their own shop. Uh, because I think that's, I mean, that's that's a healthy thing to see more, uh, more developers starting their own their own brands and their own their own sites that are selling exclusively to their users. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll it's uh it's it's an interesting time. Indeed. Indeed. So let me see. There was also speaking of, actually I'm terrible at <laughs> I'm terrible at um uh, what are they called? Segways. Segues. Segues, I believe is I, I believe that's the proper pronunciation, Segues. Because yep. I usually call them out when they're happening. But <laughs> speaking of trends about themes and, and WordPress-related stuff, really interesting article went up on Smashing Magazine this week. Uh, and I believe, speaking of pronunciations, uh, Siobhan McCown? McCown? I, I don't... You are an expert at this. I, I, I Honestly, I have looked up uh, uh, that uh, the, the spelling of her first name, and I believe it's Siobhan. So I'm halfway confident on that, not at all confident on the last name, but... Uh, you sound confident in saying it, which means that it's definitely correct. Absolutely. And if it's anything else, then, you know, she's pronouncing it wrong, I think, is probably true. <laughs> uh, but Siobhan, uh, you've probably seen, uh, uh, she's written a lot on WPMU.org, um, and uh, I think maybe some other blogs too, but she's uh, uh, written a little bit recently for Smashing Magazine and wrote sort of this epic three-post um, thing uh, thing, the three post feature on okay. WordPress theme trends in 2012. And, uh, really what I found most interesting was the, the first post of the series. Um, cause the second two kind of get into prediction territory for 2012. Yep. Uh, and I think it's still seriously early for that, but looking at past predictions that she does in the first post and sort of a look at trends in popular themes on .org on the WordPress.org extend directory and on ThemeForest, I think is pretty pretty fascinating. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite part. And I bet you 
um, didn't hate that they uh, gave a shout out to the WP Candy predictions from 2011. I, I did not hate that. Um, yeah, uh, there were a couple links actually to that. Uh, we did the the is actually I mean you know uh, Ian Stewart um, before he joined Automatic he blogged a lot at Theme Shaper which yep. is still a great blog and it's maintained now by the uh, Theme Wranglers at Automatic but um, he he had a feature going for a couple years called the Future of WordPress Themes and he would gather. Uh, sort of a, a group each year and ask them to kind of pontificate on the next 12 months in uh, the future of WordPress themes. And uh, we picked that up last year, and we'll be doing another one this year to keep that going. But first, we're going to be doing a feature kind of getting back in touch with some people who predicted stuff last year and see what they think now. But uh, this is a nice little, you know, this is a nice little feature that Siobhan's made to uh, tide us over until then. Yeah. I think, um, so the theme trends... Uh, I think, I think there, I think there's probably even more transformation in the theme forest, uh, most popular themes than in the WordPress.org theme trends because, um, she has here screenshots from 2009, 2010, and 2011. There's definitely a trend towards more minimal, clean styles, but when you look at the theme forest screenshots, uh, the 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 theme, if you can call it that, in 2011 is like a super, I mean, I would say, not complex, but it's it's a very sophisticated website design. Whereas yeah. it started, you know, in 2008, it was a, it was clearly a blog, or pretty obviously, this is a blog design. So I think there's a, there's certainly a trend there. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about that? The uh, while you, you did say that, obviously, they're getting into a lot of um, predictions with the trends for design development in Parts 2 and 3, uh, I read through those, and I don't think they're very very far off the mark for what we're going to see. Um, and I say that because a lot of them are rooted in the predictions that date back as early as 2008, um, with a focus on niche markets and uh, simplifying the process to make it as easy as possible for users to just grab the theme they want and have their website running. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the obvious uh, no-brainers, like we're going to see more HTML5 and CSS3 and more responsive design and uh, things of that nature, obviously. Sure. Um, but the, I guess the hot topic that's been going on for a few months now is you know, the simplification of theme options, where users are getting inundated with all the different um, controls that they have for a theme, and then developers are getting fed up with how many options they have to put in. Um, A lot of developers now have kind of taken back the control and decided, I'm the designer, so I'm going to pick the best possible route for the user and then give them controls for the obvious things they want to change, like logo, maybe a couple of color options, and... you know, the post meta, and that's mm-hmm. about it. And so instead of focusing on one theme that can do everything, focus on a theme that does one thing really well. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, I mean, the, the thing that has me most inter- most excited about, because uh, without a doubt, whatever is leading, the, le- the leading ideas and the, and the leading um, techniques in the, in the web design industry as a whole, that's certainly going to carry over into WordPress theme design. Um, the most exciting stuff that I've seen recently that I'm looking forward to seeing more of in 2012 
uh, are, are when are, are the steps to take theme design a step beyond making simple, easy themes for end users to kind of creating full solutions built on WordPress. Um, uh, Noel Talk uh, and his theme force rebranding as Happy Tables uh, this month is a great example of that. Um, but I think also I think um, another example of this is uh, I forget the name I should look it up the um, uh, uh, copy copy blogger launched a like Genesis specific host like this this whole sort of hosting environment for those using um, the the Genesis framework theme. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and and sort of because I think I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have any numbers or any sort of real justification for making a statement like this, but I have a feeling that a lot of the primary users of many themes nowadays are not uh, are not truly users, but are but are more um, either like web designers, middlemen uh, that are that are actually taking the theme to an end user. Uh, that I see in the chat room, web, web synthesis. That was the the Genesis hosting. Um, but I, but I think that I think that that WordPress themes it, it, um, or WordPress design and and sort of niche solutions haven't even begun to penetrate the larger true like beginner user base. And I think these kind of end to end solutions are are the kind of the first step towards that. I agree. We we've seen. Some smaller steps towards this with um, is it Theme Mojo that offers uh, a package deal where you you know give them fifty bucks or seventy bucks and they set you up with hosting, uh, install the theme and some compatible plugins and do a moderate amount of customization for you to get you out the door. Hmm. Um, no, I, I don't remember the name of that. I might have missed okay. it. Okay, yeah, I think it's ThemeMojo.com. Okay. All right. Um, Nope, that's definitely not it. Anyway, um, <laughs> there there have been a few you know boutique web firms like that, and I mean I guess uh, you know managed WordPress hosting um, is basically that things like Pagely where you sign up for a hosting platform. Here's a number of themes that you could pick from mm-hmm. and get going. Um, but what Noel Talk is doing with, uh, like you said, Happy Tables, I think is brilliant because that addresses another issue. Um, that we that theme developers have faced recently of trying to put too much functionality into a theme, you know, something that's primarily supposed to be a presentation element, um, having all of these robust features that if you ever wanted to change your theme, well, uh-oh, there goes half the functionality of your site. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of this a little bit with Startbox. I've got a slideshow feature that's built in and um, a sidebar manager that's built in, but um, I mean, I guess those are still pretty strictly presentation-related elements, so it's not too crazy, but uh, the themes that Noel Talk and his team are putting together for ThemeForce now, Happy Tables, were just incredible with you know custom menu integration and um, uh, hooks into OpenTable, which is a, a cool reservation system, and mm-hmm. you know custom event management, all these very incredible features that make it the perfect solution for someone running a restaurant, of course. And to then take that and, and part it out and make it into a hosted solution is, I think, the absolute best step for their end user. Yeah, yeah. So in a sense, I mean, what I would say is most excites me about WordPress themes in 2012 is uh, where theme designers take that step beyond a theme when it's not 
just about themes anymore. Uh, but you brought, since we were talking about uh, Noel, uh, in particular his uh, Happy Tables Theme Force, um, a shameless plug for our uh, quarterly magazine um, uh, is, is worth mentioning here because he wrote a lot about the process, the thought process behind it in the first issue of the magazine, which is out this week. Uh, you're also featured uh, prominently in the magazine as well, Brian. So yeah, my uh, face is all your face it. is all over it. <laughs> um, but but you you wrote about uh, sort of the 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 business lessons that you've learned um, while using WordPress to build what you've done. Yeah, basically, what I learned is that um, pretty much any fool can do this because if I could figure it out, then uh, there's no <laughs> limit to how many other people could do it. So I wanted to encourage people. It's a solid, solid message. Yep. I'm an idiot and I made it work, so you're obviously probably smarter than I am. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Exactly, exactly. And uh, so you guys are on there, a bunch of other uh, really smart guys. Um, Andy Stratton's in there, Um, uh, Ben Gilbanks, um, uh, Gautam Gupta is a a BB Press uh, developer. He's in there. Bunch yeah. of uh, Mike McAllister, who we mentioned earlier, he's got a feature in, in this first issue. So uh, yep. check it out. It will be not on newsstands near you, but on an internet web zone that you may yeah, know of. Yeah, I cannot uh, recommend this magazine enough. I mean, it's got such famous people in there as uh, oh, Mullenweg and Andrew Nason. Um, I'm pretty oh, sure he's... Larry King has a has a <laughs> out in there. Oprah. Oprah recommended it as part of her book club. Yep. Um, this, these are all very true things that, that we would never think to lie about. And uh, the only way you'll find out whether or not they are true is, of course... Oh, that's the only way! Is. How else could you? Fantastic. Um, yeah, so that uh, what, what better way to end this segment than on a shameless plug like that? No, it's not shameless, man. You're. Uh, can I just talk about that a little bit? Please I do. I think it's incredible that you are... Um, kind of making history with this magazine. It's the first history printed publication made. for WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I j- joked about with you before, you know, a, a print publication for digital publishers is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. The, but, the irony will not be lost. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. like, on many. So, I'm pretty uh, excited. I, I appreciate that. No, I, I can't wait. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting with as, as bated breath as, as anyone else's, so... Uh, looking forward to that, and, and hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about it with the the sound of real paper uh, mm. on the microphone, which is always that's a good that's good radio. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, you are at rzen on Twitter. Yep. And wpstartbox.com is your framework. Yep. Anything else to to link people to? Um, no, you're blogging. You're blogging more now. Uh, yeah, I'm blogging a little bit. I wouldn't say more. No, you're oh tons more because because before before recently your blog had been updated in like oh eight or something like that. Yeah, okay. I think I probably doubled my post count in about two weeks. Exactly. Is- no, it's really good stuff. <laughs> uh, what's what's the URL again? It's just rzen dot net. Okay, everybody should go there because it's really good stuff and it's a good preview for what's in the magazine too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks thanks Brian um, for joining me on the podcast and hey, my uh, pleasure. We'll we'll have to uh, talk again soon. All right. Look forward to it. Up next, I sit down with Lance Willett, automatician and theme wrangler, to recap the last year of commercial themes on WordPress.com. So I'm here with uh, Lance Willett. Lance, thanks for taking some time to jump on the stream and and record an interview with me. I appreciate it. You bet. It's great to be back. I can't believe it's already been a year since. It's a little weird, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. So 
Uh, you are part of Automatic's theme team, a theme wrangler. How big is that team now? We are up to eight now. I saw I saw a picture. Um, I think uh, Matt might have posted it of the theme team in an elevator, maybe <laughs> or something. It, it looked like yep. it was in a confined space. It looked like almost everybody, but you guys, uh, uh, you guys have added a few in the past year, haven't you? It's pretty amazing. So last time we talked, we were three. Wow. And so yeah, we've more than doubled. It's been an absolute fun adventure, actually, and um, sort of like we we're talking about. It feels like it's been a while, but. In terms of the growth of the team and, and also just kind of like the work that we've taken on versus when we first started, it's kind of a, a brand new, kind of a different charter than we started out with. It's been pretty fun. I'm going to paste into the chat room our latest. Um, this is actually Ian's creation that we'll be sporting at uh, WordCamps to come. Next time I see you, I'll, I have one for you too. Well, fantastic. Well, it sounds like, uh, are you going to be at uh, Phoenix at the end of the month? Yep, I'll be at Phoenix giving a talk there. And then also San Diego, which I think is March 24th and 25th. Um, I'll see you at one of those then. For those that are in the northern climbs, like I was tweeting with Lisa Sabin-Wilson, you know, it's a good excuse to come down to the warmth, come to the desert. (laughs) Absolutely. I, Love to see you guys. I, I remember it from last year, and that was one of the, the highlights, along with meeting everybody and everything else, was, man, the weather was fantastic. So I, I look forward to that. So uh, speaking of growth, speaking of .com and commercial themes, there are now, when, when we first talked last year, I think you guys launched with two or three commercial themes, if I remember right. I have to check the dates on those, but I think that's about right. And now We launched two, with two, yep. Two, okay. And now there are 28, so mm-hmm. you guys have been very, very busy. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually been it's been really cool to look back and say, "Wow, you know, the last twelve months have been have gone pretty fast." But it's also been a, a pretty neat to watch the growth of it and the adoption of it. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask whether that was because um, you have aside from I think you have a total of uh, is it 170, 180 themes now on WordPress.com that are available. Yep, somewhere in, somewhere between one hundred and sixty and one hundred and seventy. We just launched to I think we're at around one hundred and sixty-five right now. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's not to say that you've only launched the 26 in the past year. Those are just the, the paid themes. Uh, are, are you guys uh, happy with the growth and the, and the response that it's seen uh, since then? Is it, is it kind of hitting all the goals that you guys set? Definitely. So, yeah, the overall response has been wonderful, and our, our feeling is that it's, a, it's been a success. And that was the, one of the biggest questions last year was, Will this even work? You know, will mm-hmm. especially from our customers, will the average um, typical WordPress.com user even really care? And the answer has been a resounding yes. They've really responded. Um, I think the other, you know, the other question was just will it work from our side? You know, how will the how will all the mechanics work? And that's been a success as well. So, uh, and this is something that I was just uh, talking to Brian about when we were testing the the Skype call before. This is the the new stream setup. It took a minute to to make sure everything, all the knobs were uh, turned to the the right position, and all of the commercial theme shops they run their own support, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is and is that all run? Do they do that within the? Uh, do they just monitor the forms within .com or the support forms, or do they actually handle that on their own site? It's all hosted on .com. We actually have a dedicated uh, BB Press install, and basically each theme gets its own forum 
and then there's threads within that, so it's nicely organized. We didn't start out that way. We actually had it as a child forum within our WordPress.com support forums, which is already pretty huge, and did not scale more than maybe like two or three months, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so basically the idea is um, when you purchase a premium theme on .com, you gain access, so it's not available if you don't, have not purchased a theme as a customer. And then the theme shops can sort of follow the, either the tag or the, the form uh, name, which would be their theme name, sort of monitor. And then we also have a couple, we have the BBPress uh, support plugin running, and so they can see like unresolved or unreplied and kind of do like a triage every day. Very cool. And, and do you sort of, um, I mean, because obviously you're interested in maintaining quality support, even if there are others that are doing the support. Right, because you're yep. part of that deal too. Do you any, do any sort of monitoring on your own, and maybe kind of poking and prodding if if something is 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 missed or overlooked? Sure. I mean, yeah, that's definitely. I think. I mean, I think anybody, if they were in our shoes, would do the same thing. But, sure. Because it's our brand. But that's actually been one of the things that you mentioned. You know, what has, you know, if the thing worked. Now that's one of the ones that we were kind of, that was up in the air at the beginning. Like, how would that work? It's actually been really successful. They've, the partners, the theme shops have done a superb job, and I'm overall very, very happy with that. Um, the support after we kind of after we nailed that scaling issue, like I was saying with the BB mm-hmm. Press, um, just kind of like finding the support. Now that that's sort of organized, it's pretty much very, very smooth. Um, one nice thing, one kind of unexpected thing, is there's just not that much support. Yeah, that, that was that was actually something I was going to ask about because with a number of these themes, I'm sure there are at the very least different sort of features to to be concerned with, but in some cases, whole additional features that other themes don't have. I mean, does that increase the complexity? I mean, do do you see people? I mean, I guess you don't if you say that you don't see that many more questions coming from those themes than your other themes. Well, it's interesting. We have we're really super proud of this stat, but our in-house, the ones that we've launched. We probably have a handful. I mean, I'd say less than like maybe 10 to 20 threads like all time. Like we have almost zero support for the automatic ones. Um, The thing we're seeing with the other, and we do, to answer your question from a minute ago, we do kind of monitor and see and Mm -hmm. poke and prod like, oh, hey, it's been, you know, four or five days and this one's been sitting here kind of thing. But overall, we rarely have to do that. But the thing we're seeing a lot of is basically just WordPress feature education, like how do I use featured images? Mm-hmm. How do I set up my my, te- my page template? It kind of goes in a, along with the complexity of the theme. So the themes that are a little bit harder to set up and use are typically have more support to go with them, which is pretty logical. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that we sort of push back is to say, hey, if you guys make your theme simpler, so a little you know easier to set up and use, it'll probably reduce your support load. Um, For example, one of the most common things we see is, hey, I want my site to look exactly like the demo site Mm because we have the the theme showcase. And you can basically, when when we're in the launch process, the theme shop will go in and kind of like tailor that, make it look super awesome. And uh, that's the first thing that the customers usually ask is, hey, I want my, I want that. You know, how'd you do that? So basically saying, 
you know, let's let's streamline that process. Let's make it super easy for somebody to get to an awesome looking site without having to, you know, read through twenty page of FAQs and stuff like that. Um, and that just comes with, you know, it's it's actually just with any kind of design or product. It's hard to do it. It's hard to make things really really easy to use. You know, mm-hmm. so it's definitely it's not. There's no right answer. But what we're doing with our in house premium ones is we're just going. Instead of saying, okay, well, there's five different ways you can set up your homepage, we're saying that could actually be five different themes. Like, launch launch them all separately. You know, and just that way if you have, okay, this is going to be a news site, right? And it's going to have columns and featured stuff with a slider. Well, that's that's it. There's no, you don't have to go into a, a like 20, you know, different form elements in the theme options and figure it out. You just do maybe two or three things, set some sticky posts, Maybe a category or two, and you're you're good to go. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Just just pare it down to sort of the bare essentials, and yep, and make I, it the simplest. I think that's the trend we're seeing in the greater community of of WordPress themes this year. It's kind of like the fewer options, lighter weight, a little bit more targeted, you know, themes. Mm-hmm. Which we love that. That's definitely the direction that we're going as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember at one point. Um, I think there was in a comment thread or something, somebody had asked about uh, either frameworks or some of the, I, I refer to them as like the visual kind of builder themes that kind of you, you know, are, are kind of pushing and pulling things around sort of a WYSIWYG style in the front end to make your mm-hmm. your theme. And, and it seemed like there might be a possibility of those coming onto .com in the future. Do you think that, do you think that there's a, a balance there between kind of having the really simple themes that you're shooting for and then also seeing those on .com or are those maybe not something that you're, you guys are considering right now? Definitely a balance. I think the answer is ultimately we want every theme on .com. I mean, that that's essentially Matt's, Matt Mullenweg's vision is we call it more themes, you know, capital letters. For like, more themes. But, um, <laughs> M-O-A-R basically, themes, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and that's kind of our rally cry. But yeah, so the answer is yes, we do want those, but not right now because... Um, they're complex from the technical side. And that's one of the, I'm sure we'll get to talk about that a little bit more, but the mm-hmm. one of the bottlenecks is definitely the technical side, you know, the code side. Well, sure, because because .com runs differently than yep. .org does. Uh, I have only a, a limited understanding of, of the differences, but one thing I know is that, uh, I, like, I don't think you guys have a, or you guys don't use plugins the way that the rest of the community might. I think you Correct. guys handle that differently. Probably a lot of other things that, that are done differently. I mean, how much work, you know, 28 themes in the past year, how much work goes into converting and working with the, mm-hmm. the developers to convert all of those themes into a, a .com format? Yep, I think that's actually a very good point. So, yep, pl- uh, for example, no, we do not currently allow custom post types. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten lots of interest from theme shops who build themes like that. And that we, and we're fans of themes like that. It's just not r- appropriate for our current setup technologically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also sort of philosophically. We, like I was saying, the, the simple thing is kind of what we're going for right now. Sure, sure. Um, but we're definitely moving in that direction. We're seeing this concept of um, theme bundles, you know, where you have, like, say, for example, a real estate or a wedding or bands, music stuff, where you have a theme, kind of a base theme, which is your layout, then you have a plug-in component or a widget that's definitely the future of of and i think it's one thing that our customers are asking for 
They do mm-hmm. want they do want more complexity, um, but it'll probably be a slow adoption. Um, so yeah, plugins. We do we don't allow any custom plugins. So the only things you can run are what we install. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a um, kind of a stumbling block or a, a purposeful barrier. I guess I should say. Um, but yeah, it, within the theme specifically, custom post types, and then we don't also, we def- tend to discourage post uh, custom post meta as well because of content portability. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I was going to, I would assume that would be part of the issue with custom post types because if you introduce that or that was available because of a theme, you're going to have to have support for that in yep. all your themes, right? Because, I mean, the idea is that people can jump from one theme to the other without any sort of issue. Yep, and that's... I think that's the... kind of the holy grail for us with custom post types and .com would be kind of exactly what Brian is saying in the channel, um, mm-hmm. that um, coming up with some standard format, so saying, okay, maybe we'll launch 10 themes that all have, you know, event uh, custom post type... And then if you you can switch between those and and, and have portability. Mm-hmm. Um, right now it's just weird because if you just have one, then you're kind of stuck with it, you know. Right. So it, what will probably happen on our end, it'll have to be kind of a concerted, unified effort to launch a, a, a collection of themes that all kind of do a similar thing, um, or that all have that same post type support. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is this is an issue that isn't isn't specific to .com at all. I mean, this is something that as themes are taking advantage of things like post types and, and even, you know, uh, a meta to an extent, um, you know, like as soon as, as soon as a user changes a theme or goes, you know, starts the process of changing a theme, then they kind of immediately realize how difficult that is to transition from a theme who that has everything packaged into it like that mm-hmm. into any other theme. I mean, at the very least, it, you know, they might lose everything, or at the very least, they're going to have to spend time moving all of that out into a plugin or something. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, we see. I think yeah. the the cool thing about WordPress.com, in the sense that it's a closed, you know, mm-hmm. software as a service environment, we can see these trends. You know, looking at our stats, and people switch themes a lot. Like um, one of the things we track is um, how soon after they sign up do they switch, and it's usually the, I think the highest number is within a day. But after that, it's usually like a 30-day kind of thing. Um, but but after but I think one thing we see is there's not a lot of uh, loyalty as you would have maybe on a .org self-hosted where you've heavily customized something on your own. Mm-hmm. People people want to switch and they want to be able to do it effortlessly, and mm-hmm. that's that would be the the that's the obstacle for us to, for the custom post types. And also, the, actually, you know, it goes for almost everything because. Um, another thing would be like featured uh, sliders, featured content sliders. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we're running into right now. We're actually working on it. Uh, that was one of our team projects at our meetup we had in New York City. Was um, how can we standardize that? You know, how, first of all, the UX of it, how you, the user experience flow of selecting your featured content within mm-hmm. the admin, and then also disp- markup and style and display standards so that when you switch themes, you kind of, it just works. So you don't have to redo all your posts. To, right. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's not, so yeah, it seems to me like there's like this idea of like standardization within, um, like we're talking about really mm-hmm. hits a lot of areas and that's something that we preach a lot too, um, with it, with our theme partners in the premium side is, Hey, 
you have to think of this as this isn't going to be the person's last theme necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. How can you think of ways, other ways they'll use it, or how will their content that they enter into it, how will that be used in other ways later? You know, it, during that, uh, I'm curious whether I think you have. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me now, but I was looking at stuff earlier today. Uh, I want to say what seven, seven or eight different uh, providers so far, designers, uh, different shops that are listing themes on, or that whose their, whose themes are on .com. I have to. Let me pull up my table here. Right now we have four official partners. Okay. The two that we started with were the Theme Foundry and Woo Themes. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon after that, Studio Press came on. And then we just announced Press 75. Jason Schuler and Luke McDonald launched their first theme, Debut, which was a, I thought was a cool name because it was their, debu- their yeah, debut. Yeah, it works out perfectly. Um, I must be thinking of because uh, uh, I was looking at designers as well. So I know Koi right. Van and, and Alan mm-hmm. Fuller in there, and I think uh, Ellie J. Stocks and from people. So, um, do some of or, or do you ever run into when porting the theme over? Like, do they have to change? Do these theme developers sometimes have to either take stuff out or reduce a lot of what their themes might do on on .dot org sites? Uh, because Definitely. it sounds like you know they might be doing a bunch of stuff that is not so cool on, on .com or won't work on .com. Yep, and that's one of the first, like when I, so I one thing I asked for, for candidate uh, companies that want to be a part of it, I just say, hey, send me one of your themes. And I just essentially just look at it very quickly for complexity. Mm-hmm. And certain things that I look for are theme options, like how complex is that, how many there are. And then underlying dependencies, like does it depend on, on plugins that we will, just won't have or we, we don't have equivalent of um, a lot of times it's actually kind of neat things that they do we can find an equivalent so you know like a contact form mm. we can okay. say oh well, we have that it's just a little bit different you know layout so just style that differently or something like that mm-hmm. um, but yeah one of the I'd say about like 30 to 50 percent is stuff that we just ask them to remove um, just because it's either not applicable or we have a an equivalent or maybe even better version of it running um, interesting um, there, it's pretty rare case where we just take a theme and just launch it. Um, even our own, even our own. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I, I've seen, um, I, I've probably been at a couple camps where you've given that, given your talk on breaking themes. I forget mm-hmm. the exact title, but that's the essence is <laughs> yep, break your theme, break your theme. Um, um, it's yeah. So basically saying it's actually an educational thing too, right? So saying, mm-hmm. okay, like just like you said, you you don't the average .org developer or theme designer doesn't really know how .com works. Sure, and most of us didn't either before we were hired and really learned about how it all works, other than just being a user of it, you know, blogging there or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the important steps in our when we bring on new partners is saying, hey, here are the things to look out for, you know, the custom post types, the meta stuff. Um, for example, we have our own image processing library so you don't need tim thumb for example um we call, it's our our uh, product is called image press and it's something that you can you know quickly crop or you can have a you can pass it width and height or you can do things like you know filtering grayscale all that kind of cool stuff um but it's just things that people wouldn't really know about unless they've worked with us before sure um and we try really hard to say okay let's map this feature in your theme to something we have um, so it'll be seamless, or if it makes sense to just remove it because it doesn't apply, that's fine too. Um, all the different 
uh, themes have different ways of approaching it. Um, some some theme shops like to uh, have their .org and .com versions almost identical, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of cool. We try to do that when we release to extend. We try to make it almost line for line exactly the same as .com. Uh, maybe like a line or two of, of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, other theme shops decide, okay, we're just going to have a fork, you know, essentially like a .com branch on our in our repository, right? That's spe- specifically designed or, or tweaked for you guys. And um, I actually love I love the ones that decide to do them the same because I think both sides learn from each other. Like .com can be like can learn from something that has applied to a .org scenario. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but they can also, one of the things, the side effects of our review process, I think, is simplification and focus. We've been, we were able to tell them some areas that may be weak in the theme and then they decide to cut it out and it might make sense to cut it out everywhere too, you know? So it's kind of a, so it's, they get like a review of an audit of sorts kind of for free when they join up. Yeah. Huh. Well, one thing that I think is interesting too, looking at, the versions of themes that the developers have uh, or the shops have on, you know, easy ways, just .org versus .com, mm-hmm. available in the community versus available in the .com community, is pricing. And we talked a little bit about that last year, and now there's a lot more uh, of, of a lot more pricing on WordPress.com to, to kind of look at and, and um, talk about. It seems like uh, a, a number of the developers have chosen to kind of uh, price it equally. Right, so that whatever whatever it would, you know, by and large, be priced on its own on on .org is is uh, pretty much what they'll charge on .com, and they still get to ch- set those prices themselves, right? That's correct. Yep. Okay. We advise, but it's up to them. Okay. And yes, I th- I think ideally it would be the same mm-hmm. or higher. I would I would actually argue that lower on .com never really makes sense. Um, and we actually the w- the way we think of it is we have sort of a a bottom, it's not a specific number, but we have a sort of a like, okay, let's not go under this, right? And then we'd like like to think that the upper end is infinite in a sense. Like we could launch a $1,000 theme if it's super awesome, right? Like designed by, you know, um, Jason Santa Maria or something. Sure, sure. <laughs> One of those rock star designers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Marcotte, something like that. Yeah, there you Responsive go. Responsive to the max. Um <laughs> But that there is, I think there's definitely a market for that, and we we want to play with it and experiment, uh, probably starting with our own themes, and then as far as the theme shops go, though, we'd like to say, okay, you know, what are people getting? They're getting not just the product, but the dedicated support. They're getting an amazing, um, you know, it's that's one thing that I didn't mention earlier that we've gotten feedback from our customers is that on the support side. Mm-hmm. It's actually really neat to be able to connect directly with the theme author. Um, a lot of people who are consumers, right? So they've been on Blogger or Tumblr or um, TypePad, etc. Mm-hmm. This is a kind of a new thing for them to be able to to submit a question and then a minute later or an hour later, the actual person who designed the theme responds. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I think it's been because even in the .org world of of you know WordPress.org support. It's the community, and I think on .com, we have a set of volunteers who kind of monitor the forums, and, and we do a pretty good job, too, but it's not that kind of curated, I'm here, you know, right now kind of thing. And um, 
that's been a, a, a nice positive response from from our customers. They really really love that. So the, I, I like to I like to um, talk about bundling that into the price too. You know, it's actually a pretty it's a pretty big investment on the on the theme shop side to have somebody doing support all the time. So you should build that into your into your budget. You know, into your price. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the the pricing is something that seems every few months or, or maybe even more often than that, it kind of pops up as an interesting topic. Uh, it sounds like you guys are on the end of it, uh, on the end of things where it sounds like theme prices will just kind of either stay where they are or go higher. I mean, yes, um, I, I think that's a good thing in general. I think that uh-huh. you, like that awesome epic post on WP Candy. Um, it's been what eight months now. Yeah, the the uh, Mike McAllisters. Mike McAllisters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually still am a subscriber to the comments there. I just love reading through all the the Something, discussion. It's like, yeah, every week or two, somebody jumps in. I know. And it's kind of cool. Yeah, but it's super super healthy, and it also shows the maturity right of our industry where that we're talking about these things, mm-hmm. um, which I'm just proud of that we're, you know, that we're talking about it and that we're thinking of of these kind of hard hard topics instead of. Yeah, back in the early days when you're just like, how do I even? What's you know? <laughs> how do I make a thumbnail work? You know? Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. My side, why did my sidebar drop? Damn. Um. But one of the things that we we think, or you know, I I think this personally too, outside of work, is we need to make sure that as web designers and um, producers of these products that we, um. That we give them value, you know, and that we that we make a living, that we support our families. Mm-hmm. So I think that that especially if you feel proud of something, you should be willing to price it higher. Because people, so this is one of the things people will pay. That's what I was going to say. But one of the mm-hmm. thing patterns we've noticed, we've recently been doing kind of like a year in review, right? It's been twelve months. Let's see how things are going. One of the surprises that for me that came out of the looking at some of the stats was the higher priced themes are actually the best sellers right now. It's not the it's not the cheapest ones. What we're seeing is that people are really um, obviously when there are some people who are like, ooh, you know, fifteen, thirty bucks, I'm never gonna spend that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the people who are that we've seen really engage with the premium theme market on our uh, platform, the difference between fifty, sixty, seventy, maybe even a hundred doesn't really make a difference. They're looking at the features, they're looking at the look and feel, the design. Um it's almost like the price at that point, they could almost have like a slider that says, you know, select your price, you know, and they would put something in. It would probably come out to about the same. But I also think that the high end, the, you know, the 500s, the 200s, the $1,000 themes, we're going to definitely be able to sell those. Um, so it's actually so that- been, that's, this has been one of the lessons I think for us is saying, okay, yes, we need, probably need to start pricing some things a little bit higher. Um, but we also need to have a range, you know, let's, sure. that's kind of the overarching theme, uh, pun intended there, um, <laughs> is that, <laughs> that we, we want a lot more themes and we want them to be all over the map in terms of features from the simple to, like you were saying, a little more complex. Yeah. Um, but as well as in price too, there's all kinds of, one of the things that I'd like to figure out is who a little bit more about. You know who are the people who are buying these, and we've we've done some surveys, and we've done, we try to talk to people when we go to conferences or, um, you know, trade shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, are that you know are they consultants? Are they reselling? You know, are they? Is it a uh, one thing we see a lot of is um, 
like photographers and designers, they love premium themes. So people who are essentially one, one or two people businesses, you know, with, uh, mm-hmm. with visual products, um, these, these tend to work perfectly for them because they don't have a budget to hire a designer or a web, a web firm to, to make them a site. But the hundred bucks for the theme and then maybe custom domain, basically like our, our uh, pro bundle. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen that. It's like 99 bucks, um, on dot com when you sign up that that sort of budget that that um say one to five hundred range mm-hmm. is perfect for the this product and i think that we're going to see a, a growth there as people kind of re i've one thing i've been noticing from uh consultants and um freelancers who do a lot of wordpress stuff is they're sort of rediscovering wordpress.com and starting to um send more clients there especially in the beginning Mm-hmm. And these premium themes are a perfect way to kind of like tailor their experience and not just be the, the same, same, you know, 2011 or Kubrick sure. or whatever most people do. Has it, has it been, uh, and this is less of a business sort of question, but, um, what's the experience been like, I guess, working with the, the various, uh, theme shops? I know, um, uh, if I remember right, looking through the, the track tickets, I think Drew, from Theme Foundries involved uh, in, in the 2012 theme development, right, on, on the WordPress.org yep. side of things. So, I mean, you know, that's how, how's, what's the process been like working with everybody a lot more closely than before? It's been really cool, actually. Um, it's almost like a new coworker. <laughs> so we really keep in touch closely, and we work together a lot. And I think and that's actually been a really neat surprise for me. I, did, I wasn't sure how that was going to work. You know, with the communication and some of the back and forth, but it's been—I've been really happy with um, both the responsiveness on our side and on their side, just kind of getting things done. But also just the way that we've sort of um, paved the cow paths in a way, so that those first couple of companies really did the hard work essentially because they things were sort of not optimized, like the like we talked about the forum setup and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and our payment, you know the way we do, you know, the revenue stuff. I mean, all that stuff had to be figured out and they were super patient and super helpful with feedback and stuff like that. And now we sort of, a year later, we've kind of figured out those mechanical logistical challenges and we can get down to the business of just launching more awesome themes. And, uh, the other neat thing is those, those initial theme partners can sort of be mentors to newer ones too and say, Hey, come join us. Um, as well as here's what we've learned. Don't make those same mistakes. How, how many, uh, I know you guys are always working with, um, you know, new, new theme shops to bring them on board. How many do you have in the queue right now? Like just, um, um ballpark, yeah. probably like 10 ish. Okay. Um, it's a, that's is one of the, um, this has been one of the bottlenecks. It's been a very slow process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were probably hoping to have more, um, you know, probably like double the number we have now mm-hmm. by this time, but that's okay too. Um, I think sometimes going slow and being cautious is a good thing. Sure. And like I said, if some of those kind of rough edges <laughs> weren't figured out yet, um, we also have, we know we have pretty high standards as well. And so we tend to like to get to know people, um, not only like, you know, from a chemistry kind of thing, like, Hey, we're going to be working a lot together. We should know how you guys do things. Um, but also the other kind of bottleneck slash um, stumbling block has been 
the code quality, like the code reviews specifically, and, and making sure that things are ready to launch. It's been that that was one of the things that we're focusing on in, in this year, 2012, is saying how can we ramp that up? How can we make it faster and more efficient, and uh, essentially just get get the product to market a little bit faster, launch things faster. Uh, do you guys typically kind of reach out to theme shops or designers and and kind of instigate that, or are, is there a way for interested developers or theme shops to get in touch with you guys? Both, actually. So initially, I just emailed everybody that I could think of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Send to we, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> WP hackers. Yeah. Um, there you go. Basically, just you know, said, "Hey, here's what we're doing." If you're interested, let's talk. And then also, or we would sit down in person at WordCamp, you know, let's have lunch. Here's, here's what we're doing. Um, and then obviously we got a note. We got based on interviews or publicity, we had um, people inquiring directly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, the thing that we look for is that they're already on the commercial listing on um, Extend, which is, if you go to wordpress.org, extend themes slash commercial. It's kind of like all the uh, sort of vetted commercial shops. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we definitely, that's kind of like the first step. Like if you're not on there, we just say, hey, you need to get on there. Um, <laughs> just because there are a few basic things. Like you, you have to be GPL and you have to have a support, like dedicated support. Um, and then... I think the third thing is you have to write a haiku, so you have to know how to <laughs> write poetry. <laughs> Which those are actually really fun to read. Yeah, they are. Um, they they can be fun to write too. So that so that's the kind of the first hurdle, and then obviously after that, having a relationship helps. So if somebody is interested in in joining, you know, come meet us at a WordCamp or um, find us. You know, start a dialogue, um, email, however they want to get in touch, and. Uh, I think having a personal connection is a big deal because, um, like I was going, like I was saying, one of the factors is sort of that chemistry, that kind of gut reaction, like sort of when you're hiring or if you're um, thinking of, of partnering with somebody, you're like, well, how, you know, do I want to work with them day in and day out, and um, do I want them to represent me publicly, you know, on the dot com support, especially on the support side. Um, one lesson we learned this year. And this, it's actually kind of a neat side effect is we're not, everybody's a good fit and we, there's an, other ways for us to work with them. And that one of the things that came out of that is this whole commission design th- uh, side, mm, okay. which I had not even, I don't think we even talked about that last year, um, you and I, and, um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was even really on our roadmap as far as, you know, kind of a, a targeted a thing to, to go after. Yeah, and that seems, actually, that seems like something it. that you could really burn through pretty fast, too. I mean, right. And so, in the partners, it's a big investment on both ends. And not everybody is willing to do that. Sure. Um, they may, maybe they're a one man show and they just don't have time to be monitoring the forums. They don't want to do, they'd rather be designing than, than supporting. Well, I mean, looking at these, at the numbers on the, on the theme showcase, I mean, you have, um, obviously the, you know, you don't disclose, uh, exact sales numbers for themes, but, you know there there are numbers, uh, and this is kind of what I've been playing with the the um, currently in use on like this number of blogs, mm-hmm. and just looking at that, which you know uh, it's probably safe to assume that they've sold more than that because some people change themes or or stop using it or whatever. 
but just looking at those numbers alone, I mean, you've got themes, single themes in use by a thousand blogs there, eight hundred blogs over there. Like that, you know, that's that's the kind of those are big support numbers. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. I can I, I imagine that that would be uh, quite a responsibility for any theme shop to take on, even if they have a few people, uh, un, you know, under their roof. Let alone, you know, a couple people only. Uh, right. That's a big that's responsibility. I'd also say it's a good motivation to make your themes work better ah, yes. <laughs> and reduce your support costs. But um, I th- yeah, exactly. So the fact that it's not what you're exactly saying is that what I was saying is that it's a it's an investment. It's a decision that shouldn't be taken lightly um, to be a part of it on both our end and and the theme shops. And so I think there's a big uh, kind of center area, which is essentially really talented designers. You don't. They don't even have to code. All we, all we're really looking for is a brilliant, awesome designs, um, because we tend to rewrite everything anyway. On the, in those cases, um, we use Toolbox or our new, our new starter theme, actually, that we're, that's almost ready for, for uh, the world coming out. I think we're announcing it next Tuesday. Oh, cool. But it's called Underscores um, that Ian has been working on feverishly. Um, but yeah, we just basically take the design, the you know, whether it's a comp or like an HTML, CSS kind of a prototype, and we just redo it. We don't even, oftentimes, to be honest, we don't even look at the code. <laughs> <laughs> we just take screenshots of it and redo it because it's faster. Absolutely. And, we, and it and and then it, the result is we have very very few bugs because we already know that the code works. Absolutely. Um, but I think to, so. To go back to your question of how you know. The, the people that are out there in the industry who want to get in on .com, I think one really good way would be to do that, to to um, start out by just, we'll launch your theme, essentially, um, the design of it, if it if it's something that fits the need. And if you really, if you do want to take the plunge and be, you know, the actual full-time partner, then definitely get in touch as well. Um, I think that's a probably a smaller number overall. Uh, I <laughs> like Ian in the chat. My my precious secrets. He gives them away. Um, well, I I, I don't want to I don't want to keep you. I could probably sit here and talk about themes, you know, all afternoon with you. But I know that you should be working and wrangling. You are at Simple Dream on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's simpledream.net is your blog. Net. Yep, rocking the 2011. Ah, nice, nice. Well, until until 2012 gets wrapped up, are you are you are you thinking you're going to switch once that uh, gets? Wait, gets possibly. Up? Yeah. One, are you liking it? Yeah. One of our favorite tweets recently. I can't remember who tweeted it, but they said themes are like are like uh, shiny toys. Whenever you see the next one come along, you you switch to it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is so true. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially on WordPress.com, like I was saying earlier, it's so easy just to flip around because all you do is, you know, find one and activate. <laughs> you don't have to download anything. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot, Lance. I appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been fun. That does it for episode 31 of the WP Candy podcast. Big thanks to Brian Richards and Lance Willett for joining me on the podcast this week. Be sure to follow the site on Twitter at WP Candy and do check out the WP Candy quarterly magazine if you haven't had a look yet. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again in next week's episode.